Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. I hope you got blue skies where you are because it looks like it's about to pour down rain where I am. Looking out the window, you know how the clouds, sometimes they get those waves. I forget what they call that cloud effect. Um, And it's just supposed to be rainy all weekend and then get cold. And I should go hit golf balls this afternoon before the rain comes. And I'm not going to be able to because I could go see my buddy Drew. Um... So, nonetheless, pity party for me. Let's move on. It's Open Line Friday, 877-973-7425. All right. uh, You know what? (laughs) I kind of want to talk about the government shutdown. I mean, I I do, but I don't. So, let's talk about food because I'm fat. I like to eat. (laughs) I have sent out recipes, uh, and, and they're a good number of recipes. I put it out as a PDF. Uh, so that you guys have it, uh, my holiday recipe booklet, and it's got uh, breakfasts, it's got appetizers, it's got gravies and barbecue sauces and soups and salads and entrees and sides and bread and desserts. Some of the bread recipes, like one of them, I can't give you the measurements, and I finally had to experiment. So when Philip and I go to Las Vegas, and I am in desperate need of a trip to Las Vegas, I don't like to gamble a lot. I just, I need to, or I go to Barnsley Gardens. Like my body is telling me I've been around people for a month and a half nonstop. I haven't had a break. I need a break. Um, but we go to uh, Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse, which it's a chain, but even in Las Vegas, it's considered like the best steakhouse. And they serve these rolls. And I spent forever, forever duplicating this recipe from this restaurant. And it's incredible. And I literally like, it's a Parker house roll recipe and I made Parker house rolls like homemade from scratch, rolled them out, balled them up, folded them just so. And it's in, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. And then I had this epiphany. I haven't even told Philip this yet. He's listening. And I had this epiphany. You know what? You can buy frozen Parker House rolls. So why am I making homemade Parker House rolls and freezing them to then make this recipe? So I tried it with the store bought. Was like, my gosh, I literally just saved myself twenty four hours. <laughs> but it's great. You, you line the bottom of the pan with with butter and honey and put the frozen rolls in, and then you just let them rise for like four or five hours. And then you pop them in the oven for 20 minutes and you got incredible uh, honey butter rolls. No, like you literally do not have to make uh, the homemade rolls. You could use the frozen ones. And I'm like, I can't believe I spent this long testing Parker House roll recipes when I could have just gone to the store and bought a bag of frozen ones. And from here on out, I will. And I've got that recipe for you. But it depends on your pan size. I can't give you a, a precise amount. Now, for the program directors listing your right now, you're like, holy cow, Erickson has gone off the reservation. What on earth? We're going to have recipes on the show? No, 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 no. There's a point. There's a method to my madness here. Now, if you want all of these recipes, you, you just text recipe, singular, not plural, singular, 
recipe to 33777. Follow the links through. Uh, you'll go to my my recipe substack and and you can click. It's a Google Doc. It's a PDF, and it's got them all. It's got a it's got a table of contents, um, fifty eight pages long, and it's got literally if if there's a recipe I'm making for Thanksgiving, it's in here. There are some extras as well. Some of my wife's favorite recipes, and some of them I took from other places and I gave them credit. But there's a larger issue here. There's a larger issue here, and it's this. I mentioned in the last hour when I was talking, I think, to, to Carol or Claudia, one, that uh, how isolated an existence so many of us live. And we may only get together with friends and family for Thanksgiving. Maybe for Christmas or Easter or Hanukkah if you're Jewish or a holiday of some kind. And otherwise, we don't. And in our isolated existences... Many of us drive ourselves in our quiet time to despair. There are a lot of people on the planet, there are a lot of people in our neighborhood who are starting to check out. They think the world is irredeemable. They think the world is going to hell. They think they've lost control of it. Uh, They think the people they hate now rule the roost. And in almost every single one of those cases, those people are people who have parted ways with community. Think of during COVID how isolated people got. Think about some of you, some of it. Look, we're, we've been bad about going to church ever since COVID. We, we've traveled a whole lot, y'all. This is why I'm like ready to go to Las Vegas or go up to Barnsley Gardens. Bar- so for those of you not in Georgia, there's a place called Barnsley Gardens. It's a resort. It's out in the middle of nowhere. It's got a beautiful golf course. It's just, it's where I go to relax. Hilton Head, Barnsley Gardens, Las Vegas, the three places I can completely like flip a switch. My brain turns off and it's great. I need to go to one of them badly. I have been traveling nonstop for a month and a half. I've been gone. Every, there has not been a weekend in a month and a half that I've been home. I haven't been able to sleep late. I like to sleep late on the weekends. Um, I, if I didn't have my hot tub, I would be losing my mind. I, I, I literally last night sat in the hot tub. There was a shooting. There were shooting stars. I had no idea there were shooting stars last night. It was perfectly clear. I didn't even have my iPad. I just sat with a glass of bourbon in the hot tub, looked up, and there were shooting stars, and it was fantastic. And we're at this time of year as well where people get seasonal affective disorder because you leave work and it's dark. I mean, you you you, you leave work at 5 p.m., your day shot. You can't go play golf balls because it's too dark outside, and there aren't a lot of golf courses in the country that allow night golf. That should be a trend, by the way. We should have more of them. And so people are, are prone to depression at this time of year. And then you're isolated. You're not, you don't have community. It's why I do the recipes. I'm not a master chef. I love to cook. I'm fat. I like to eat. I like to cook. I'm a picky eater. Every recipe I make, you probably will like it because if I like it, you'll probably like it. I don't have some gourmet palate. I don't want fancy stuff. Um, my, my favorite restaurant on the planet is, is a place called Table in Maine. It's in Roswell, Georgia. They invited me to come to a, a bourbon tasting on Tuesday. I'm going to go to this bourbon tasting. It's Michener's Good Bourbon, uh, walking through their line. But I'm a really picky eater, and I've looked at the food menu. It's like I got to go buy McDonald's on the way there because I'm not going to like anything on the menu. 
Philip's going with me. He eats scallops. I don't like scallops. I, I, it's like the bubble gum of the sea. Uh, and and so I'm a picky eater. I, I say that. And But I still try to get together with friends and cook. Cooking is therapeutic for me. I'm going to be cooking lots for Thanksgiving. And a lot of people don't like to cook, which is why I do easy recipes. And if you don't like to cook, but you have someone who does, th- this is this is the bottom line point. You are living an isolated existence, I bet. When's the last time you had people at your house that weren't your family? When's the last time you went to someone's house? When's the last time you sat outside and had a conversation with someone who was not your spouse or your kid and just enjoyed each other's company? Or went to a restaurant and did it? Or went to a coffee shop and did it? Mentally, what we are going through as a country right now is something we've never gone through before. Because at this point in our time, You can get everything you need, entertainment and information and communication and community off of a little device that sits in your pocket. You can watch a TV show. You, You can get on your computer. You can be on your phone. And you feel connected. If anything, you feel burdened because people will not leave you alone. But that's not really real. It is, but it's not because you're not with another person in person. I'm driving an hour and 15 minutes from my house when I get off radio to go hang out with a guy I've gotten to know online who I've never met in person before. I know he's not a serial killer. He's a trainer up in in North Carolina. His family lives here. He's down here hunting with his brother. We've been promising each other we would get together in person, and, and I'm excited to go hang out with the guy I've gotten to be friends with who I haven't hung out with in person just because it would be great for me to hang out with someone. On Sunday nights, friends of mine come sit on my front porch for bourbon and cigars. And you got to force yourself to do it. And it can be uncomfortable and it can be a burden and it can be exhausting. But so many of you call in all the time and you are prone to despair and depression and doubt and dread about the state of the country. And you can't control any of it. But you can control your backyard. And in controlling your backyard, you can invite into it people and welcome them and have community with them. And we don't have community with each other enough anymore. We really don't have community enough anymore. We live in communities, but we don't have community and we isolate ourselves this morning at 10:30 I got on a zoom call and it was a bunch of um, Jewish senior citizens and they were fantastic had 30 minute conversation with them they invited me to, to spend some time with them there was one in California some in Florida a lot of them in the Atlanta area they don't get together in person as much but they get every Thursday. They chat. They chat about life. They chat about family. They chat about the world. And now, it was supposed to be just Jewish men. I, I had some great circumcision jokes prepared for these Jewish men, but there were women on the call, so I didn't. I did. I didn't give the jokes. But we had we had a good we had a great conversation. They they have community. I, I listen. I, I realize this is this is if I'm honest, this is a little bit of a way for me to stop talking about the headlines because. The government shutdown topic, it bores me. And yes, I want to take your phone calls as well. 
but it's also an admonition as we get into the holiday period. There are a lot of lonely people who don't have family right now around. There are going to be people in your community where it's a woman, more likely than not, it could be a man, but probably a woman with kids and her husband is overseas, called up to duty, who may not be able to get home to family. There are people who don't have a church community or a church home who they're going to be lonely this holiday season. Have you thought about inviting friends over for Thanksgiving who otherwise are going to live an isolated existence? They may not cook. They may not be good cooks. You might be. Have them over. Try out some of these recipes I I sent out. But build community with other people. One or two people. And don't talk politics. Talk about life. Get to know them in depth, not, not superficially about their political views and stuff, but about life. It does you as much good as it does them. It really does do you good to build meaningful friendships with people where they can come into your messy life or you into theirs. And let let me just, let me tell you, I I want you to do something and I bet 99% of you will not be able to do it. Don't go out of your way to make your home pristine. Don't do it. Nobody lives in a pristine house, and for some reason, you put up an impediment to having people over at your house that your house is a wreck, and you got to get it perfect, and you got to bust your butt for a week to dust and mop and vacuum and all that. Nobody has a pristine, perfect house. If they do, they're probably a serial killer. Let people into your messy life, into your not perfectly made up home. It'll do you a world of good. It'll do them a world of good. It's the holiday season, and people are lonely. And frankly, put bluntly, it could be all that keeps them from doing self-harm to themselves in a holiday season where people are driven into the darkness and despair because the sun goes down early. They're trapped in their office. They're lonely. They're tired. They're depressed. They've drive themselves to despair. You inviting them into your home or you into their home, their messy little life could do each other some good. Break bread together. And if neither of you cook, get it to go. Go to Omaha Steaks. Get them to ship it to you. Let them take care of it. But do something for your own mental well-being and that of others around you this holiday season. It gets dark outside early. People get seasonal affective disorder. My sister suffers from it badly. I, I do a little bit. Surrounding yourself with other people, letting them into your mess, It does you all good. You don't just live in a community. Community is a choice, but it's one you affirmatively have to make to build for you and your family. And I would encourage you, there's no better time than the holiday season to do it. Guys, if you're a small, mid-sized business, you're struggling with HR issues, you have employees not showing up, or you got to do a termination, you need onboarding of employees, maybe there's a sexual harassment complaint. You want an HR manager. You don't want to be the bad guy with your employees. Bambi can play the role of HR for you. $99 a month, available by phone, email, real-time chat. They do onboardings, terminations. They help your team members get to peak performance. And your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations, regardless of which state. They're great. Now, they're U.S.-based. 
They, you got somebody to talk to who's dedicated to your team. They give you access to HR expertise, and they add personal touches. So even though they're outsourced by your company, they really feel like they're a part of your team. That matters. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help my show. Bambi.com, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com, Eric Erickson in the podcast tab. It is an open line Friday. Glad to have you with me. Before we get out of here, let me go on and get to Al's phone call. Al, welcome. How are you? Al? You there? Hello? Hi there, Al. Welcome. You're on the show. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Can you hear me? I can. Hey, so I was going to keep it simple for you. Uh, we're not going to do politics. Give you a break. Uh, have you ever had cornbread hamburger helper? I, okay. Is that the, the hamburger helper? You mix, mix it with like the Jiffy cornbread mix? Yeah. Like uh, just make regular uh, burger helper, then the, do the cornbread, and then throw it on top, and then bake it in the oven. I I have had this. Boy, it's been a long time since I was a kid, I think, the last time I had that. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh man, I love it. Put some honey on the cornbread. Mm. Yeah, listen. I, I so I my wife is the is the cornbread uh, maker in our house, Alan, and she she her cornbread has gotten famous. Um, my my wife y'all has a cast iron giant like twelve inch cast iron skillet, and the cornbread recipe essentially begins with put a pile of bacon drippings in the skillet and stick it in the oven while the oven preheats like four fifty until it's smoking. You pull it out, you pour the cornbread batter in it, fries on the bottom, and it bakes on the top. No sugar in the cornbread because she's from the South. Um, I It is an incredible cornbread, and I use cornbread, although, honestly, I just get store-bought cornbread uh, at the grocery store for my um, cornbread dressing recipe, but it's delicious stuff. Okay. We're not going to turn in the recipe hour. We're not, no more recipes. Uh, we do need to talk about the government shutdown. But first, I got to tell you about Patriot Mobile. They are growing the conservative movement with your help. And all you have to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric and move your cell phone service to them. You get guaranteed great service using the same cell towers you're probably already using. And then on top of that, as they grow their profits, they give to the causes you care about in the conservative movement, and they give to conservative parents who are running for school boards around the country. They fund the conservative movement, but it takes you moving your business to them for them to grow their profits to be able to do it. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric or call them at 972-PATRIOT. If you call them at 972-PATRIOT, you tell them I sent you, and you get free activation with my name. You get great discounts. If you want to see how good the service is, go to PatriotMobile.com. Click on their coverage map. You can zoom straight into your home or office and see how good the 5G, the data, the voice is. And you can move your existing phone number. You don't have to get a new phone number. You can keep your current phone number. You go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric today, E-R-I-C-K, or you call them 972-PATRIOT. You tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. You grow their profits. They grow the conservative movement. It's a collaborative, wonderful process together with PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the country. Glad to have you with me. It's an open line Friday, 877-973-7425. My friendship, Roy, is um, very adamant that we got to secure the border. And he is obviously right 
He is more than a little aggravated with House Republicans who seem to be squandering an opportunity. So Congressman Chip Roy on Twitter has put up this thread. I, I, I want you to, to hear some of this. He says that the House GOP agrees to simply passing a clean continuing resolution of the $1.7 trillion Nancy Pelosi spending package without extracting meaningful cuts or policy changes, that it means more debt and more funding of tyranny. As noted in a memo to my colleagues outlining a non-exhaustive list of things we fund that undermine the liberty, security, and freedom of conscience of the American people, radically expanded in the $1.7 trillion Pelosi spending package to process means the House GOP is going to advance a continuing resolution which we were not even included to negotiate, which was roundly opposed and was supported by only nine um, Republicans and increased spending over 2022 by $130 billion. Now, what he points out here is that uh, this continuing resolution that the House is considering passing is a continuing resolution of the spending package that Nancy Pelosi approved when she was Speaker of the House. And it would not secure the border. Senate Republicans are going wobbly on securing the border. And Congressman Roy, I I think, I don't want to talk for him, but I I think, I know him well enough to know, I think he'd rather the government shut down while we figure out how to fund all this stuff and make some cuts than just keep the Pelosi spinning package going. He notes at the end, a vote for a continuing resolution without any real wins is a vote for the status quo and more deficit spending when we're running $2 trillion deficits, more bureaucrats undermining liberty, and more harm to the economy prospering. He very much believes, and I do too, we got to gut those IRS, claw back that funding for the IRS agents. Who cares that the CBOs is going to raise the deficit? Do it. They say they're going to raise the deficit uh, by getting rid of, by, by not spending that money. Because, well, they won't be able to audit as many Americans. They're coming after the poor and the middle class. They're not going after the wealthiest. They're coming after the poor and middle class. And everybody knows it, but the Democrats lie about it. There's no reason to do this. We should not do a clean, continuing resolution. The only caveat is kicking the can until December after the House squabbling over Speaker. It only gave the Speaker about 15 days to figure something out. So kick the can to December or January and figure something out. But do meaningful cuts. Force the Democrats to cut. Do not give the Democrats a clean spending resolution. That would be absurd and a betrayal of the values the GOP claims to profess. Now, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Craig, you're calling and you're up. Welcome. How are you? Uh, Good. How are you? Good. What's going on? Uh, Well, first I wanted to make a comment about people are forgetting. I mean, you can fill in the details because I'm kind of vague on them it's been a while i think it was the late 80s or early 90s when yasser arafat was the leader of the plo if you remember israel and the u.s offered palestine a deal that basically gave them everything on their wish list including a internationally recognized state of their own and the only thing they had to do was drop their bloodlust for jews and they turned it down which Mm -hmm. proves they don't want their own state they want the Jews dead and the Jews state. Uh, listen, because- uh, you know, this, this is what Hillary Clinton was explaining to the viewers of The View on ABC that Yasser Arafat was given 
a not just a commitment for a single Palestinian state, but the Israelis would help build a physical bridge connecting uh, Gaza to the West Bank so they could have unified control over both of those sections, and Yasser Arafat turned it down. All they had to do was commit to not trying to exterminate Israel. And they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't. They, they gave up a two-state solution because they couldn't commit to peace. That should tell you everything. They're, they're not the victims here. They're not the occupied. They're the occupiers. Israel had the land going back to almost 2000 B.C. Eric, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Hey, Eric. Thank you so much. Um, quick question for you. Uh, number one, anybody listening, Eric Erickson, write-in candidate for president of the U.S. Oh. Listen, now, If you better hope my wife is not listening. She will hunt you down and bury you in the backyard. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, second question is, uh, Eric, how much do we have to worry? I'm a Christian, uh, uh, probably not as strong as you are and as knowledgeable as you are, but how much do we have to worry as Christians hearing these uh, from the river to the sea and, and seeing all that, all the protests going on here in, in the U.S. that's going on, um, you know, being a probably two-third Christian society here in the U.S. So how much do we have to worry about that um, coming our way down the road? You know, I... <sighs> I, I, I'm concerned about it. it. Honestly, it's, it's why I continue to like, like stock up on guns and ammo in my house. Um, I, I'm very concerned. Eric, I'm going to cut you off there. There's some background noise coming in. Um, I am concerned about it because we're seeing, it's not a hostility to Israel. We're seeing a hostility to Jews. And the hostility to Jews translates into hostility to Christians. And and some of you, particularly if you're Jewish, you're wondering how. Consider just this. This is not for me. This is pure research, not exactly a Christian organization, that actually Christians are the most persecuted religious group on the planet. When you think about Iran and China and elsewhere, and it really, if we're honest about it, it's because there are more Christians and Jews on the planet, but they are the most persecuted per capita group. Um, And second is Jews. Muslims are rarely persecuted. Buddhists, Hindu, rarely persecuted. Uh, Christians and Jews, um, they descend from the same religious strain. Jesus himself was a Jew. He was not Palestinian. He was Jewish. And they're persecuted. And the people who hate the Jews tend to also hate the Christians. They hate the Jews for different reasons. They have these uh, crazy conspiracies that the Jews have have been in charge of. And frankly, there are Christian anti-Semites. You know who was a big anti-Semite? A guy you might have heard of named Martin Luther, who started the Protestant Reformation. Martin Luther hated the Jews, directly blamed them for the death of Jesus, like like it was the Jews who did it, not not humanity, not the sins of the world. It was the Jews. And yes, I mean, historically, it was the Jews, but if Jesus had been born in Ireland, it would have been the Irish. He just happened to be Jewish. 
Um, there, there's a larger picture there. But but a lot of that, a lot of reformers excuse Martin Luther and said, well, he came from that strain of Catholicism in, in the, the Renaissance and in, in medieval period in the 1500s that blamed the Jews for everything. So it was it was endemic to the area, not just him. Still, he was an anti-Semite. He, he was. You got to deal. You got to grapple with that. Uh, the, most of the reformers were not. In fact, the Reformation over time really evolved the understanding of the crucifixion to this was not something the Jews did. This was something all of us are responsible for. But I, I do worry about the spread of it. Uh, I mean, Scripture is is pretty spot on on the coming persecutions. I mean, the Romans. They, they sure did. They tore down the temple and they drove the Jews out of Judea, but the Romans were ruthless to Christians. Christians and Jews together should have each other's back. We may ultimately disagree on Christ and the Messiah and the resurrection, but the Christians are ideological heirs of Judaism to a degree, and the Jews are a persecuted people. And if Christians are commanded to love their neighbor, they should really love their Jewish neighbor not because there's some biblical prophecy, but because you're commanded to love your neighbor and to be on the side of good. And Hamas is evil, and those who would support Hamas are evil. And the Jews on October 7th lived in peace, and it was Hamas that broke that peace. They are evil and should be annihilated. Have the back of the Jewish people who suffer and are persecuted. You just should, not because the Bible says so, but because you're a decent person, so you should. All right, back to the phones. Uh, Amy, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show, Amy. Hi, Eric. Yeah, I just wanted your thoughts on the Ohio Amendment, which not only, you know, secures abortion, but also gender-affirming care. And, you know, what's your what's your take on that? So this is my real frustration with the fight in Ohio is that, um, number one, the, the pro-life movement was outspent five to one. A huge, huge difference. Every commercial break in Ohio in the last week before the election had an ad supporting uh, this abortion amendment. But what the pro-life movement never did, and so it didn't penetrate the argument, was point out that this wasn't just an abortion amendment. This was an amendment that allows trans-affirming care for minors without the consent of parents. And I really think that, and I tried, I had several meetings with groups that I tried to say, y'all, Forget the abortion argument. You got to focus on this. The amendment's too broad, and and but it was very myopic. A lot of pro life groups wanted to focus on the abortion issue. I was like, y'all aren't going to win on the abortion issue. You're going to win on this issue. And and I and my friends who made the argument were ignored. But also, it was five to one. They were outspent five to one by the abortion side. It was just insurmountable. All right, um, back to the phones. Ray, you're up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. I was just calling to get your uh, thoughts on how the RNC, about the RNC uh, debate the other night, about the RNC. Um, it seems like the media feels like that Nikki Haley won that. And, like, a lot of the polls I've seen online show Vivek winning that. Um, and, like, it, to me, it just seems like they're just setting themselves up for failure again for 2024, uh, much like they did in 2020. Uh, where my opinion about the 2020 election differs, differs from yours a little, uh, I don't think it was stolen. I think it was outplayed by the Democrats against the Republicans. Um, but at the same time, like, we would have had a, still had a 51 to 50 majority or 51 to 49 majority had Doug Collins not challenged Leffler. But yet the Republican Party allowed that to happen. So, uh, I listen, I, 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 I appreciated Vivek's 
attacks on the GOP, um, calling the in a party of losers that they, they the GOP is, and, and they frustrate me. I was once an elected Republican. I don't know what the heck Republicans stand for anymore, other than we hate Biden. They, they don't stand for anything. Uh, the the problem I have with it though is that the people who are most likely to embrace Vivek's line there are the people who are voting for Trump, who lost in twenty twenty and cost us 2018, 2020, 2021, 2022, and twenty twenty three. Um, now, I will tell you that, listen, the media likes Nikki Haley. The media does like Nikki Haley. Uh, I do. She's a friend. Um, I don't know that Nikki Haley can get through the Republican primary. I think she had a strong debate performance. I think Vivek coming after her daughter makes her sympathetic to the female vote, and you can't dismiss that. Um, I will say if you if you're someone who believes the polls, and a lot of people don't, but if you do, she beats Joe Biden more than any other Republican. The problem is I think she alienates a lot of the Republican base right now that's pro-Trump. And I don't know that the polling contemplates that. She realigns the movement. She Nikki Haley is the winning Republican candidate from 2008. Um, I, but look, I, lo- I love her. Uh, she's a personal friend. She and Michael, great people. Her whole family, love her parents. They're wonderful people. I've spent time with all of them. Uh, and I do think she could mop the floor with Joe Biden. At the same time, I don't know that she can get through a Republican primary because, look, if where do where do Ron DeSantis voters go if he drops out? Probably back to Trump. So how do you consolidate a field when there are so many Trump voters? Um, but the Vivek attack on her daughter, I just thought was, uh, you know, NBC by the way is attacking Ron DeSantis for saying Vivek should have done it. They say, well, he's attacking uh, Hunter Biden. Well, yeah, Hunter Biden's a fifty-four-year-old man who we know profited off of his father's connections. Nikki Haley's daughter is a is a young 20-something newlywed who just got out of college who has stayed out of the limelight intentionally, and Vivek had no business dragging her on stage and attacking her for using TikTok when he himself uses TikTok, trying to point out Nikki Haley's supposed hypocrisy because her kid, who's an adult, uses TikTok. It, was, it, it offends me that he did that on her behalf. And he's not going to – look, Vivek is not going to be president of the United States. Let's just be honest. He's not. He's not going to be the Republican nominee. He's running as a proxy to Trump. Uh, but he gets to be on stage and, and troll everyone because he knows he's not going to win. And But he gets to be on stage, so he gets to troll everybody. He's having a great time, and, and people like him. But the people who are the loudest Vivek supporters are the ones who aren't going to vote for him. They're going to vote for Trump. Now, i got to tell you about Americans for Prosperity. They are going around the country, and they are – Explaining to people why Bidenomics is bad and how we can save the country from Bidenomics. And they do a very good job of educating people and making it so you yourself can explain it to other people. So Americans for Prosperity, they want to teach you how to make the persuasive case against it. All you have to do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. You sign up, you become one of over 4 million activists. They educate you. They make you smarter than your neighbor. They teach you how to be persuasive to your neighbor. They teach you how to gather intelligence in your communities to who people are voting for, how to persuade them to vote for our side, and how to go to local city councils and school boards and state governments and make the case for free markets and free people. If you support limited government, if you support free markets and free people, sign up with Americans for Prosperity today. Be part of their movement. AmericansforProsperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Glad to have you with me. Too late for you to call in. However, Jim has been waiting patiently. Jim, you're going to be the last caller today. Welcome to the show. 
Well, it's glad to be on the show, Eric. What's going on? Well, I have a question concerning the U.S. Constitution versus abortion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rush was not able to answer my question, and uh, Hannity was not able to answer my question. And anybody else that's in the political arena that I've talked to about has not been able to answer my question. So maybe you can. I would like to know just basically what in the world does abortion have to do with keeping the laws of our country? I mean, if we go to war, we don't have to call up every pregnant woman in the world and say, hey, can we go to war? You know, yeah, uh, so I mean, it's not even everything, in the Constitution. Everything in the Constitution that's been there now in the way of amendments was politically motivated. I'd kind of like to know why. What, it has, what business has it in there? Uh, it's not in the Constitution. The amendments. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, we, we've got, I mean, we've got 27 amendments in the Constitution. Uh, the 27th, incidentally, sure. should have been part of the Bill of Rights. Uh, so the first uh, 10 and the 27th were put in because they made political compromises in exchange for passing the Constitution. They do the Bill of Rights. Uh, the 11th and 12th were put in because it turned out structurally the way the country was operating was different from the way the Constitution intended. The 13th, 14th, and 15th put in because of the Civil War. The 16th, because Congress got greedy and big and wanted more money. Um, the 17th, because Wisconsin's terrible and decided they needed to start direct election of senators, which ruined it for everybody. Uh, the 18th, because the Baptists and the progressives got out of hand and wanted to stop drinking. The 19th, because women got up and decided they wanted to vote. I kid, because I love. Um, so, yeah, I mean, some of them political, some of them were just structural. Like, for example... The 22nd Amendment or the 25th Amendment, we needed to deal with with what happens in incapacity of the president because after Kennedy's assassination, it became nebulous as to whether the vice president was legitimately the president or not. Believe it or not, that was the case. Was he acting or not? Abortion, however, is not in the Constitution. Um, I, I would submit lovingly to you that if, if Maharishi couldn't answer your question, it's not because he didn't know, but because maybe you didn't like his answer or it is an unanswerable question. Uh, abortion's not in the Constitution. The Supreme Court just made that clear. That's a state issue. It's not a federal issue. Uh, there's no right to an abortion in the Constitution. But there is a right to keep and bear arms, which we should all take seriously given what happened in Israel. But, yeah, I mean, there are reasons for every single one of the amendments to the Constitution. Some are political, but some actually are operations-wise. They had to clarify stuff in the Constitution. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.